Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Geek Vibes Live is rated G for Geek. And like going, like you said, going from the Force Awakens to that, it's just a completely. It's not even in the same sport. Well, were you confused about how it was um, made story wise, or I was. I was confused when Leia started flying through space. See, see, for me, <laughs> for for me, all of it made sense when it comes to like Star Wars logic. Then, filmmaking wise, it was just all out the window. Um, yeah, well, before I went we're, in there. we're definitely gonna get into this, but all right, let's let's kick this off. This is uh, welcome everyone. This is an special edition of star wars saturday clearly it is not saturday um but i completely geeked out i'd say saturday and sunday in these last few days about everything star wars and i needed a podcast so i assembled some of the greatest minds around the galaxy for us to do just that (laughs) uh which is break down everything star wars and talk a little bit of mandalorian before we head into unfortunately our last episode before this time next year. Um, but let me introduce our panel before we go any further, starting off with the very tired AJ. What's going on, AJ? What's up? What's up? I'm ready to talk Star Wars, and I'm ready to go to sleep afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> we will make sure, AJ, you are uh, sleep at a reasonable time. I promise I won't podcast too much. Um, also, Dakota, what's going on, Dakota? What is going on, guys? Like I like I was telling you before, I don't know if we were recording or not, but this is the first time I've had the house to myself in like months. I'm just kind of <laughs> sitting here, sitting here with the ghosts. Um, that sometimes is a great feeling, and then sometimes is the worst feeling ever. Um, it's to be used to someone, and then like, all right, finally got it, got it to myself, and then you like look over, and you're like, oh, there's no one here but just me. Like, yeah, Grant, that thought it was only fun for so long. Yeah. <laughs> I'm bored of it. <laughs> It's 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 kind of like when kids are like, man, like I wish I could just be home by myself. And then you are that one night, and then you're like, man, I'm really hungry. Where's mom? And it's like, yeah, not so fun, huh? Thought you could do it yourself. <laughs> um, I learned I learned how to cook at the young age, so I was fine. Yeah, no, I still often need my mommy. Jokes anyway. on you. I just ate a half a bag of pizza rolls. <laughs> See? See, that's exactly what we do. That's exactly what we do, Dakota. Um, like my mom would come home and go. Why are there no honey buns or fruit snacks? That's what my they all gone in my stomach. (laughs) That's what my dinner was. That's that's dinner. Um, and welcoming in, we have 
four new people to the Star Wars Saturday uh, podcast, starting off with KJ and Patrick. How are you guys doing? Ah, so good. We're actually eating a Totino's pizza right now. So we <laughs> two are living the grown-up life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Party pizza is the way to go. That is definitely the way to go. I think I had pizza yesterday. <laughs> um, I got to space that out better. I could literally eat pizza every day. Oh, uh, gotcha. <laughs> and welcoming in Will. What's going on, Will? What's up? What's up? What's going on this evening? We are so ready to talk Star Wars. So let's get awesome. Jacoya before we get into it. What's going on, Jacoya? I think Jacoya can hear me. Wave if you can hear me, Jacoya. I don't know if she can hear me, but we'll circle back to Jacoya. All right, let's kick this thing off. Um, I originally, uh, like I said, I, I was saying at the top of this, um, when we first started recording, I've been on like a huge Star Wars kick. Um, I watched the original trilogy, the prequels, and then this newer one. Um, you know, obviously we had the Disney investors meeting kind of letting us know what's to come. Um, I really, 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 really wanted to break down what was the best trilogy. Um, and now this isn't us like giving it is factual. This is just purely our opinions. Um, so KJ and Patrick, I'm going to start with you guys. Out of the three trilogies that we've gotten for Star Wars, which one would you guys say has been your favorite to date? Uh, it has to be the first one. I, I mean, that when I'm when I say the first one, I mean the you know the first one, a, a right. New Hope, and I mean <laughs> there's every, only one first one. <laughs> <laughs> I I actually for some reason watched Revenge of the Sith today, so that I was like, I don't mean like that first one. <laughs> I will say it, it is pretty cool that each generation, well, not each generation, but there's literally three different generations that can say. You mean my first one or like the first one that was made? Like, right. And that's, that's the cool. crazy thing. Uh, and, and I agree with KJ. I mean, I, I remember, you know, like the theaters and, you know, like seeing Mark Hamill and, and Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher and, you know, and Billy D. Williams and all these guys coming in. You're like, wow, you guys are just larger than life, especially, you know, before all the technology we have today to where you can do all the cool stuff. And then it's just like, wow, you guys were groundbreaking and it just got better from there. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm an old school, like know your roots kind of guy. And I was just like, yeah, the, yeah, it's, it's gotta be the OG star Wars. Well, and you know, I mean, I've lived my life wishing that I was princess Leia. So, I mean, she right. was, you know, my, my first hero, so that that will when you walk into our house, there is a uh, a black and white poster of Princess Leia that just says "May the Force be with you." I mean, that's how big of a deal she is. So, for me to say anything otherwise would you know betray my little girl's heart. <laughs> so, so I, I would ask you guys. I would ask you guys be, before I pass it. I would ask you guys. Do you think if you really sat down with it, do you think your love? For the originals, we'll call it the originals, mm -hmm. is because um, it's it's literally the first introduction to Star Wars you had, or do you really think they're just superior movies to the other two uh, trilogies? Um, I would say it's 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 definitely nostalgia, and you know, in, in in watching Revenge of the Sith today, it was a reminder that the 
the lightsaber battles in the prequels were way cooler. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> they were beautiful, actually, you know, I believe is the word I used. Right. Had I been introduced to the movies through the prequels and then went back and watched the original trilogy, that certainly the, the lightsaber battles would have felt uh, uh, inferior. Um, but I mean, there's a, there's a little bit of a place in my heart for each of them, but yeah, if we were to look at just from, if you're going to make me compare, I mean, I think Empire Strikes Back is the superior movie of, of in my opinion, of all of them, um, best story, uh, of, uh, told of all of them. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I could make an argument for each of the three and what they were superior in, um, you know, so, but yeah, I mean, certainly I think, you know, it's nostalgia and it's where I began in Star Wars. So that's why I, I picked those, that, that trilogy to be superior. And, and I'm, I'm right there with you in that, uh, definitely nostalgia because I mean, you know, I remember being a kid when they came out and, and having you know having that oh my god the story's continuing that part that was like the first i guess mainstream epic that was ever told as well so you had you know you, like that that first real massive trilogy of the time you're like oh my god it's it, it keeps going and, and it you know you had you had a new hope it was amazing empire like arguably one of the greatest movies of all time and then you had jedi come come in to close out the trilogy to give an actual endpoint that had at least in you know what little years i've lived had never been done before right. to that point so you're like wow this was the ending of an amazing journey that no one had ever experienced no, and look, I, I completely get it. I think, all right, so for me, I'm really weird in this. I'm probably alone in this mindset also. But to me, I don't think any of the movies are better than the others. I just view them differently, mainly because George Lucas is the start of what I grew. And let me make sure I'm spacing this out so this doesn't sound really bad. But George Lucas <laughs> is the beginning of what I grew to to dislike, which is I don't think someone who created something is always the visionary to continue it. Um, it's why me and AJ have been saying for the longest now, him selling it was not only the best thing for us, it was just the best thing for the product altogether because you needed to get out of that same story that for he sure. was willing to tell for the next two decades. Yeah. That's what, why what, I went, go ahead, go what, ahead. What, what was the quote from uh, uh, from Batman? If uh, you, you know, you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Exactly. And, 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 that, and that is, I think, is what had happened to Lucas after he made the prequels. He became the villain of an amazing universe that he created. I mean, he just, he started doing things, and obviously this is what I learned later on in life, because at the time of even the prequels, I was still relatively young. Um, but I mean, like, for example, he had sworn that we'd get information on uh, Sifo Dias heading into Revenge of the Sith. We never right. did. Nope. It took the cartoons for us to know anything, well, you know, unless someone maybe read the book somewhere, but it legit took the cartoons for people to go, oh, I, I get it now. Okay, all right, that makes sense. 
Um, because I'm like, all right, you touched on it in Attack of Clones, but it's way more of a bigger deal than just, oh wow, someone had these clones made without us knowing. Okay, we're gonna use them. Like, no, like let's dig into the importance of how he went behind the back of the Jedi and why? Like, why right. do you think this was okay? Right. And um, instead of leaving like hanging storylines, you know, and right. why don't you not try to remake three movies that were already fantastic and on their own right, just finish what you started to begin with? Right. And, and, and another thing, and Will, I'm going to pass it to you. Another thing that I think he somewhat tainted for Star Wars was you now have people so addicted to the Skywalker story. It's really hard. It's really hard to sell people whatever the next stage of Star Wars is. Because I can tell you guys now, I was sitting listening to that Disney investors meeting like, all right, tell me when I'm getting a Darth Vader show. You know, like, all right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, well, it's you, 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 you mentioned that and, and you're so right. I mean, the, 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 as far as the Star Wars lead from um, Disney investor day, was the fact that Darth Vader was coming back? Right. I, I mean, that was the that was the big news. Everybody was yeah. like, "Oh yeah, we got all these other other things that are coming." But the and of course there were all the redemption stories and whatnot for for Hayden Christensen and and all. But it, but for most people, you know, whenever you know you listen to podcasts, you listen, you see things on on the net as the as the, the event was happening. Two things that really jumped out: one's Darth Vader, and then the other was Patty Jenkins. So. Yeah, no, no, 100%. Um, but yeah, I mean, to me, it's just, it's, I mean, even AJ said this once and me and him fought about it like we usually do, but he was saying how when you reboot Batman as often as you do and you don't introduce newer characters, it kind of builds a stigma of people expecting Batman and not really caring about anything else new that they get. Um, so it's kind of like, all right, I'm so used to Anakin, I'm so used to Obi-Wan, and now Ahsoka is, is the huge thing. And it's like, the more you give me those characters, the more I'm kind of sitting here like, all right, well, are you giving me more? And it's like, no. And it's like, well, that's not fair. Like, <laughs> like why? Why can't I see, you know, more of Darth Vader? Why can't I see Vader right after the events of Revenge of the Sith? Like, right after where he yeah. goes on a Jedi hunting spree. We can see some, um, ah, God, what do you call them? Uh, Inquisitors. Like, we could mm -hmm. see all that. Like, that's what people want, but it's only because you've given us nothing but Skywalker since you first made your first Star Wars movie. And we're still getting Skywalker all these years later. So, you know, uh, the, the whole point of that Investor's Day, in my mind, was it's time for you to build a universe that's well outside of everything that has to do with anything Skywalker. Like, a lot of people were assuming the Patty Jenkins show could possibly take place uh, about 10 to 15 to 20 years after uh, The Last Skywalker. And I'm like, that's, that's not, that's too close. It needs to be 50. Right. Make it 50. 50 to where it's like we don't even we're so far removed from ray we're so far removed from the new order like you're establishing something new um and i mean there there are question marks after that movie what does a galaxy look like that does not have a legion of jedi that does not have a legion of a new uh, a new order um what does it look like when people are like like how do we govern ourselves we've been so used to the jedi doing it the new order doing it 
what does this look like? Yeah, the re- no, yeah, yeah. there's no republic or anything because they right. destroyed the new republic and you know, like all that crap. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what we want to see. But again, we're, we're definitely going to dig a little bit more deeper in there. But well, I'm sorry. My question to you was supposed to be <laughs> uh, <laughs> what, what is your favorite trilogy out of the three trilogies we've gotten? Uh, again, I'll have to say it's the the original episodes three, four. I'm at four, five, and six, and um, I, yeah, at four. Of course, I'll obviously you know we'll stipulate to the nostalgia, but but also I think with all all of the trilogies, I think each one of them has their their stronger ones and their and their weaker ones. Uh, but the but on in, on balance the the original is is the most complete storytelling unit because I will say I really enjoy Revenge of the Sith and it, and and I've come to appreciate Attack of the Clones but nothing nothing can save Phantom Menace. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't, you didn't, hold on, you didn't nothing. Like Phantom Menace? No, it's I mean I we oh. I rewatched it and even the epic battle between Darth Maul and Qui Gon and 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 Obi Wan you know that's basically just fast forward to that part of the movie and then that's all you need to see. But uh, it. The, uh, and of course, the the, the recent trilogies, uh, for, you know, of course, I, I, you know, basically, I look at uh, the Force Awakens as what I had hoped that Phantom Menace would have been for me as an original uh, fan who, who who grew up watching the original trilogy. That you know, that emotions that I felt whenever I hadn't had Star Wars since I was a kid, and then we got yes. Phantom Menace. And how how it was such a, a letdown. I didn't get that with 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 Force Awakens, and because I think JJ tapped into what makes Star Wars story a, a solid Star Wars story, and you're seeing that now with Favreau and Filoni with the Mandalorian, and and the beats, especially in the second season, about what you know really, yeah, there there is a there is a formula that these shows and the movie has and yes we all know the tropes but but daggone it that, that's what we like and that's you know and that's really what i think was missing in in the second third films and the um most recent trilogy so so for me i think that's why the original you know of course the empire strikes back you know that's that's the gold standard of of cliffhanger (laughs) oh god and and, and surprise i mean you know you can only pull that bag of tricks once as we always say on on our podcast we we joke about things you can you can only do it once and you know that moment with when vader tells luke that um we all know that he's his father you know that spoilers if you haven't seen it surprisingly enough there (laughs) there are some people who actually don't know that but uh, and and, and to, uh, another thing too, and, and, and maybe it's just because my own biases has, has passed down to my kids or whatever, but they feel the same way about the about the original trilogy as well when they compare it to some of the other ones. But they did, but they all love, but they both love like Rogue One. Ah, oh, Rogue One. The yeah. Best. yeah. Oh God, yeah. yes. It's funny you say that, Will, because I always said, if and when I ever have kids, like I'm going to tell them, like, hey, you know. 
you watch stuff and, and you know what whatever you come to is whatever you come to but you're gonna love ben affleck's batman in this house like, you know, it's like, <laughs> oh dude i 100% agree you're, yes. gonna, you're gonna you're gonna love it like you can tell me robert pattinson was great or christian bale or michael keaton but you will respect that flick so it's kind of like you oh, know excuse me you're forgetting the true god val kilmer Maybe I'm too old, but Adam West was still like my <laughs> right there. Um, no, but but to, to your point, Will, I'm gonna say this: a lot of people go, Luke had one of the best arcs in in a trilogy, right? He had a great arc. I still personally will always feel Anakin and Kylo <laughs> had the more superior arcs, only because they weren't they weren't messed up so like if luke had the actual story it looked like jj was trying to give him um that ryan johnson just kind of flipped on its head um i think luke would have had the ultimate story but to me kylo had um kylo was treated i don't want to say that because it sounds wrong but i think kylo was given the treatment that vader should have gotten in the sense of the overall the overall arcing story to where it's a full, it's a full, um, yeah. Yeah. uh, and uh, let me, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I hear what you're saying, but I, I feel like Kylo's story was just, it, it, it to me, it, it was just a carbon copy of his grandfather's. And well, that's, that's what I think JJ to a degree was trying to do. I mean, everything about Kylo screamed, I want to be my grandfather. He wasn't trying yeah. to hide that. That's what Snoke kept trying to tell him in last in the last Jedi. Again, that Ryan kind of flipped on its head. Take that mask off. You will never be your grandfather. He was so much better than you. Like that's what Ryan Johnson was trying to get across. Of I see JJ was trying to pull from that. I hate it. So I'm gonna remind you guys every chance I can get. He's not his <laughs> grandfather, and that's legit. <laughs> like every five minutes, like, yeah. are you wearing that mask again? Like he. He made fun of him so much. The very next scene, you see him breaking it. Like, oh, I'm so sick of you. Yeah. And then yeah. what do you see JJ do in the third one? Rebuild the mask. So clearly, when those two try to tell you they were on the same page when they made these three movies, they weren't. Oh, no. Oh, no. Because, no. I mean, I, I even tell people, look, think about what JJ built up for Finn in Force Awakens. Think about how underutilized he was in The Last Jedi. They, yeah. that's clear that they weren't on the same page yeah jj yeah. was obviously building his and, character to be a force wielder and yeah. then i think ryan was kind of just like i don't i don't like that like, i don't i don't want to yeah. do that. And, and and see and that's and that's and and, and that's why as as i said it earlier why i feel the original trilogies are are, are better than the than the most recent one and the other because even the supporting characters, I mean, we, you know, we had our core three, we had our core characters of Luke Han, Leia, and Chewbacca, and the droids. And each one of them had uh, significant points, you know, where things were developed and, and, and then they didn't cast it aside. Whereas as you, you, you nailed it. Clearly, JJ had a plan for Finn. And Finn all of a sudden became just, just a comic relief punchline and and the last two films and and it which you know and I and if I were jumping I got be pissed off too. I mean yeah. you know you're you're you know and, and, and very sour on something that I had 
that you know you got your lifelong dream to you know be in something that you you grew up watching and if that you know probably doing playing in your backyard or whatever uh and now you get the chance to be in it and then you see the potential for this character and then they just squander it so that's one of the reasons why i felt and, and same with with poe with poe dameron i mean that's another character that uh, again had a had such potential and then at the last movie they try to graft on some kind of backstory that just that you know doesn't doesn't make sense and then you yes. have to go to the com- you have to go to the comics to the, the problem understand I it. Think, the and problem so, i think that trilogy had more so than what you were saying about kylo was they clearly were trying to make poe han solo yeah. um and to a degree he had the level of cool of han solo um, but it's to the point where it's like, it's okay that he's not Han Solo. Like, you understand Kylo Ren more because he kind of looked to Vader as his leading his leading point into becoming a true Sith. So that was more so like, I want to embody what my grandfather was so I can become that. But there was no reason for Poe to ever try to, like, for you to ever want Poe yeah. to be like Han. Like, yeah. And- what? <laughs> Yeah, and that's why in some regards, the second and third movies of, as far as episodes two and three, to me, are, are, are rank higher when I do my list of, like, top, you know, top feature film Star Wars, uh, Tactic of, the, you know, Revenge of the Sith actually has, has come out higher than uh, Last Jedi or, or a Return of Skywalker, because I feel that in the original, tri- in the episodes two and three, and to some degree one as well, they weren't trying, you know, it was, they weren't trying to like shoehorn particular characters into right. into the, the Han spot and the Leia spot and the Chewbacca spot, even though Chewie showed up in, in, in those films. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, they, you know, they, they were really developing those own standalone characters and, and building their stories. They were building Anakin's story. They were fleshing out Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, Padme was not trying to be a, a Leia. She was, you know, she was you know, clearly building a story to be Leia's mother. So they had their own stories, whereas in this other, in the, the episodes 7, 8, and 9, they, it just seems like, as you were saying, they were trying to make people fit into these particular boxes. Yeah, I mean, to me, and Dakota, I'm going to go to you here for you to tell me your, uh, your, your favorite of the trilogies, but to me, the reason why I think Revenge of the Sith is probably in my opinion the most beautiful of all of these movies was it legit like when you break down revenge of the sith there were like eight different points in that movie that could have stopped what what happened at the end of that movie um but everybody was so blinded was so like that was the point that ahsoka was making in the cartoon the reason why she had to step away from the jedi order was you're starting to bleed to where you're becoming just like them I'm, mm-hmm. I'm finding it hard to differentiate what you stand for compared to what they're standing for. The only difference is they'll just kill in cold blood. But the idea of you're supposed to be the protectors of peace, but you're not protecting the peace. You're allowing these people to die because you have to wait to get permission. Like a, a lot of that you kind of felt from Revenge of the Sith. And my biggest, the biggest thing that, in Dakota, I'm going to go to you here. The biggest thing that I point out in my head is if Windu had have taken Anakin with him to address Palpatine, it just would have been different. It just honestly would have been different. 
I'm not saying maybe Palpatine doesn't still talk Anakin into it, but I think Anakin is more open to the idea of what Mace is trying to say, which is, dude, he's lying to you to try to get you to do what you're doing. Um, and But again, that's what happens when everyone kind of just pushes Anakin to the side. Um, I don't think they were realizing you pushing him to the side is making him super susceptible to the dark side. And you guys have said since Phantom Menace, hey, I think he's super susceptible to the dark side. And then you didn't make it any easier <laughs> by just kind of exiling him. Um, but Dakota, what what of the trilogies has been your favorite? Well, you guys are, well, some of you don't know, but uh, I'm a huge prequels fan because, uh, like I said earlier, it came out right when I was a kid. You know, I was Darth Maul, I think, when I was seven years old when The Phantom Menace came out. Uh, instantly sparked my love of all things dark side. And, uh, you know, I was just, uh, it was a good time for me to have those movies come out and they'll always hold a sentimental place to my heart. That being said, you know, I, I can't deny that Empire Strikes Back is the greatest Star Wars film. I really can't. Like, I, <laughs> I don't have that ability, but definitely <laughs> the prequels, uh, definitely Revenge of the Sith, if I'm being more specific. Uh, mm -hmm. And The Phantom Menace has kind of worked its way to be my number two. It's beaten out Attack of the Clones uh, simply because, like, it's fun to hate on The Phantom Menace because, you know, Jar Jar's dumb and you know, the dialogue's terrible throughout the whole thing, but I, I love it. You know, I was 12 years old when Revenge of the Sith came out. I remember going to see it in the theaters. I remember you know, as soon as General Grievous got shot in the heart like six times and died, I was like, <laughs> he had heartburn. So it was like the first, uh, <laughs> it was like the first time I ever cracked a joke. And it just, from there on, that always stuck with me. I always like to crack jokes of like the worst possible times. <laughs> Uh, and I was definitely also that edgy kid that liked to hang out in the woods by himself with his Darth Vader mask on. I mean, you'd probably have an easier time getting Mando to remove his helmet than it was getting me to take off my dumb Darth Vader helmet, which is still true today. Only today I spent $100 on it instead of like the $40 it cost when I was a kid. Yeah, you know, you know, what's funny, like, <clears throat> again, I, I was... I was having this conversation today with my friend, Joel, who was just like, dude, I don't care. That's why I was like, all right, I need this podcast with people who care. Um, it was just, it was glaring. And Dakota, me and you have talked about this at nauseum. Like, I love how Count Dooku in Attack of the Clones is like, hey, Obi-Wan, guess what? Things aren't how you seem. I can tell you how they really hey, are. Obi-Wan's like, wink, wink, nod, nod. There's a guy running shit who's not a good guy. So look <laughs> to the guy who's running shit. <laughs> Nobody like, listened to him. Like no one, like no one really, because a, a lot of people just write off Attack of the Clones and Phantom Minutes. But if you really pay attention to it, there were moments in that that could have ended this entire war. But the Jedi were so bullheaded in the idea of nope, 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 nope. And it's like, no, if you would nah, listen, not possible. <laughs> it's like if you would listen, I could kind of tell you, like, this is what's really happening. Um, so I mean, again, I just rewatched Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith. They're not as bad as people kind of make them. I mean, yes, I can get it in my 27-year-old eyes. Sure, they're not the greatest of films. But they're not that bad. Like they're really not. Like uh, they're really Phantom not. Menace. Honestly, Phantom Menace. Like has take the shitty dialogue away, and mm -hmm. you know it's serviceable from there. Yeah, you, you polish up a few things here and there. Maybe get rid of a few characters. 
The concept, the concept of the prequels is the best thing ever, but the execution is just trash. I said the concepts of the prequels is incredible. It's the best out of all of the trilogies, but the execution of the prequels is just hot garbage, (laughs) (laughs) which pisses me off a lot more than the sequel, um, the newer trilogy. So that's that. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't really disagree with that. It had potential to be the best out of all three of these trilogies. Um, it's just like you said, a lot of the execution. But again, I really do think it's because if George Lucas had given that to someone else, it could have potentially been everything we wanted it to be. Um, but George kind of, when he puts his hands in things, it's just kind of like, oh, George, no, like, stop it. Like, so you end up with the main character saying how much he hates sand. Right, right. But I'll tell you this, Dakota, there's a lot of Star Wars, The Clone Wars, the animated series that I can kind of tell Dave went to George and George just kind of was like, all right, let me muddy a little bit of this up. And it's like, no, no, no. Let Dave do what he's doing. Dave should only go to George to say, look at what greatness I created from your very all over the place prequels. Um, Look how I made them stable. Like that, that literally should have been the only conversations that they had of, look how I made this make more sense. Is um, it weird that now it's become more of a George's Palpatine and, uh, or no, George's uh, Plagueis and Dave Filoni's Palpatine? Oh, a hundred percent. George has spent all this time teaching him and a hundred percent. And then one night and murder him in his sleep. I would Take even over the say for real. I would even say the moment where Dave murdered him in his sleep would have been when the Clone Wars movie came out, the animated movie, where it was like, wait a minute, is is Dave Filoni creating something great right here? And then when the series came out, you were kind of like, oh, yep, nope, I don't miss George. (laughs) Like, this is the guy. This this is the guy that everyone should have to go to for Star Wars. Um, But AJ, I'll go to you, man. What has been your favorite of the of the three trilogies? Is it uh, is it the prequels? No, the prequels is the worst out of all of them. Um, <laughs> I grew up. I grew up with the prequels. I was born in '96, so there's that. I will fight you in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's true. You know it's true. It's the worst out of the any of the trilogies. But um, for for me, it's the originals. Even though I did grow up with the prequels, it's the originals for me, just because um, the way they set up the story story of Star Wars, I felt like was incredible. Um, having different directors for each of the Star Wars movies, I thought was a great choice instead of having George Lucas as the director, right. like he was in the prequels. I feel like we got different feels, but they all had that quality to them um, that just made them so much better and so much more relatable than even the um, prequels had or the newer trilogy had as well um i will say the prequels the like i said before the prequels concept is the best out of all all, both of the other two trilogies Mm -hmm. but for me the core concepts and just the overall execution of the originals i feel like just trumps everything that came afterward after it and i think that's what um they were trying to do with the newer um newer trilogy but they fell flat because they were worrying about the audience more so than 
anybody anything else i'm worried about just just worried about the storytelling and it's the um newer trilogy was just all over the place um well, I, the on. newer trilogy just lacked um uh how can i say this it just lacked proper vision like i aj i said this to you when you were coming down pretty hard on kathleen kennedy i was telling you kathleen kennedy isn't bad she does like she's doing nothing wrong the only I agree problem with that. is yeah. once a person tells you like, hey, I don't know anything about Star Wars. It's like, well, you should be you should handle the more business side of Disney. Uh, I mean, of Star Wars. And you should bring in someone like John Favreau to be your Kevin Feige because he knows everything Star Wars. So he can tell you, hey, it's really not smart to have three different guys tell one story. It'd probably be better if there's one solid vision for this entire trilogy. Um, or if you want to do three different people, you can have one guy that's like, hey, you know how you set the table? I'm going to go ahead and pull the the you know the, the thing off the table and let all the glass and stuff fall off. That's essentially what Ryan did to what Abrams set up in Force Awakens. See, and they have a storyboard. They have people that comes up with stories and they're all incredible. Like right. the comics have incredible stories, which I, I believe they should have made into movies because the comic stories are <laughs> much better than what we're getting in the movie movie I category. I would agree. Um, I would agree. So it just baffles my mind that uh, there's so much discourse within the movie part of Lucasfilm and then everything else, novels, comic books, they're perfectly fine. <laughs> right. I mean, it, it, it's just the idea of, I, I think they have to understand that it's not hard to sell us on Star Wars outside of the Skywalkers. It, it's not. Like, if I'm going to be completely honest to you guys, I want a movie that takes place right before Phantom Menace and is legit about Plagueis and then Sidious killing Plagueis and us seeing not only the rise of Sidious, but us seeing our real introduction to Darth Maul um, and how that came uh, about. I also want a series about Darth Maul um, in his time before Phantom Menace, where he's out there trying to kill all these Jedi for Sidious. Which um, we got in the comics. <laughs> right. No, no, right. You're absolutely right. But I'm saying there's pockets in the Skywalker mm -hmm. story that you can jump into that have nothing to do with the Skywalkers. Or, um, uh, or go ahead. Even, even, even just like do a backstory on the Sith alone i right. mean like where you know yeah. like why why are you know like they're now i'm not in depth into the comics as i should be but like who were they where did they begin why did they rise to this evil you know quote-unquote evil power that they became you know yeah, that's, like, what we're, that's what we're going to get with the acolytes as well that's why i'm loving what they're doing well, um, the acolytes, AJ. To be more specific, the act uh, with that show, it's the retelling of how the Sith grew to power. Because technically, the High Republic is um, Knights of the Old Republic. I'm sorry, is the because High Republic's after Old Republic, right? High Republic High is during the, the same time. It's during, during the same the time as the. I thought the High I Republic was before the Old Republic. I thought it was like two hundred. I think I just saw where it's three hundred. It's three hundred years before yeah. um, Phantom Menace. Right. Yeah. Okay. So it, it's after Old Republic then, because Old Republic was <clears throat> is where you got um, Revan. Is where you got Malgus. Well, Old Republic, Republic, Old Republic 
counts as everything before Phantom Menace. That's oh okay, I, I get you. Okay, I get you. So then, High Republic, more specifically, is the a hundred years before Phantom Menace. So that is very likely we get uh, a young play, not a young, but a maybe twenty-ish Plagueis along with his master. Um, and then you know, whenever this show decides it wants to end, you can kind of fast forward a little bit to where we get the introduction of Sidious. Um, heading well, we don't even know how old Sidious is, do we? So he could still be in High Republic. No, in High Republic, uh, his master is is still somewhat young because you got to remember in Phantom Menace, you can assume uh, Sidious is what maybe, yeah, we can assume that, but he could still be a lot older than we previously think. I tell you this if you if they try to make Sidious work in this series, I'm gonna be a little agitated only because (laughs) it's like. All right, you, you stretched it to bring him back to life. You're now stretching it to where he was old enough to be. Like, stop messing with Sidious's age. He was clearly 40 or 50 in Phantom Menace, which would mean he obviously doesn't make the cut of 100. But he looks so much older afterwards. He looked like at least okay, 100 within Sidious Revenge of the Sith. did not look 100 years old. Yes, so he did. As soon as, soon as he rebuilt uh, he was himself. He 84 years before the Battle of Yavin, so he was like... Like late sixties, early seventies. By the time like Revenge of the Sith and right, exactly over. right. So to me, he still does not make the cut of a hundred years ago. Well, I have a question then. So d- with with the Mandalorian coming out w- and with uh, Grogu being you know being fifty five as you know in in a baby toddler, with that vision that Filoni and Favreau has have created does that not then potentially open up the floodgates for like, well, we really don't know how old anybody really is in the star Wars universe because, you know, like, I mean, I mean, and that's just, I I don't know if that could work or not. That's confusing. They're very, go ahead, AJ. Yeah. That's confusing because the way they're, um, they're calculating the time is human years. Right. Um with fifty-five or fifty, how however old um um Grogu is. Well we do know um, Grogu's species do age very slowly. It's why Yoda's look ninety-seven million years old since the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they do age at a different pace, but I again I think you saying that Grogu was a, was a, alive during Order 66 is a shoe-in. But shoe-ins don't always work. Shoe-ins sometimes are more confusing than if you had said nothing. Um, Because now the first thing everyone thought was, well, Ahsoka said he was rescued. Who the hell was still alive that could have rescued him? Like now it it builds more questions than it gives us answers. Like when Ahsoka was talking to Mando, like I'm watching it with people and they're like, oh, okay. And I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, they're giving us more questions than answers. Like nothing's been answered, but what his name is. Like, like yes. now I just kind of want to know, like, all right, who saved you? Who trained you? Because they said he had many masters. So did the council train him? Or, like, who? We know Obi-Wan didn't train him because he had his hands filled with Anakin. So it's like. Well, we we assume that people like Mace trained him, um, Yoda trained him. But see, because that's confusing, he, AJ, because none of them trained Anakin. Why is that? Conf- wait, why is that confusing? Because usually a Jedi is given one Padawan 
and that Jedi is who trains that Padawan. Yeah, but with if younglings, they're they're trained together. They have multiple masters when they're younglings. That's why we see them in the prequels. So many younglings in one area training. Okay. Can I just add something here? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, handful of handful of Anakin sounds like a wonderful name for an indie band. I'm going to steal that. Now. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I'm going to go copyright this this right now. Son <laughs> <laughs> of a bitch. <laughs> um. No, but to me, I look at Grogu, and let's actually get into this a little bit, because I actually brought this up to Dakota and AJ, and I actually had them kind of like, I don't know, Juwan, you might be reaching a little bit, but Grogu is a dyad, and for anyone that doesn't know what a dyad is, a dyad is very rare when it comes to Jedi. It usually means two force wielders um, share somewhat of a wavelength to where they have hidden abilities that other Jedi can't use. It's why Rey and Kylo were able to not only heal, but force, uh, like he was able to um, project his life force into, into Rey. Um, Grogu being able to heal should let off an alarm that he possibly could be a dyad. Um, it's, and what's weird about it is if he is a dyad, Kylo and uh, Ray were dyads. It's really weird that Luke and, and Leia weren't dyads. Um, but again, a dyad does not have to be the same age. They don't even have to be born at the same time um, because we know Ray and Kylo weren't born at the same time. Um, so if indeed Grogu is a dyad, the question then would be, who the heck is his other half? Um, like who is the other half of Grogu's dyad? Um, and it got Jar -Jar. me thinking. It's got to be Jar Jar. If oh, my Jar God. If it's Jar Jar, people are going to lose their... Could you picture if they gave us... Jar Jar. Could you picture it was the plan from the beginning. You guys just didn't trust him. <laughs> Wait, Dakota, could you picture if we had a baby Jar Jar to try to rival the cuteness of baby Yoda? Like, that's what happens. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to say a baby Gungan would be absolutely adorable, and I would totally buy the plushie. I honestly, <laughs> as much as I want to say it would freak me out, I would probably love it too. Yeah, I, yeah. I think oh, yeah. so. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm in love with the idea now. I feel like it needs to happen. <laughs> if it does, everyone knows where they heard it here. They heard it here first. So that's right. Um, but no, but seriously, um, I, all right. So let's let's get into the Mandalorian. I assume everyone's caught up, so I don't have to worry about spoiler warnings or anything. Okay, everyone's caught up. Yes. So I want to get into not what we're necessarily expecting for this next episode, but what do we think will be the story for Mando going forward? So I had said uh, on our Mandalorian um, review last week, I want the story to take us to it ends with Mando retrieving the uh, the Darksaber. Right. I I'm assuming we probably won't get uh, Bo-Katan in this. Let let's assume we don't. Right. Um, he retrieves the Darksaber. He goes back to rebuild Mandalore. He raises Grogu there with him in Mandalore. And it now becomes the Battle of Mandalore because you have other Mandalorians coming for the throne of the true ruler of Mandalore. So it's a battle within Mandalore. Uh, and the main reason why I went to that is once they greenlit the Ahsoka series, I knew that because my original concept was Thrawn is behind everything Moth Gideon is doing. Mm -hmm. But even if he is, we're not going to get thrown in season three of Mando because that's the whole plot of the Ahsoka series. 
Um, if right. anyone watched the show Rebels, it ends with her looking for Ezra with Sabine. And Ezra essentially is wherever Thrawn is. Um, so that seemingly is going to be the storyline for her series. So then that leaves me with, where else can you go with Mando? And it's legit. His people are different, different creeds within the name of Mandalore. Um, so it's very possible that you could have an all-out war for someone wanting the throne of of uh, of Mandalore. It essentially could be the Mandalorian's version of Black Panther, to where it's legit like, oh wow, like all right, we, we're building it back up, and now someone comes out of nowhere and is like, I should be the true ruler of Mandalore, you know? Um, and it'd be hilarious because <laughs> I could just picture a scene where Mando's like, oh, you want it? Sure. I, I don't want it. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> sure, you can have it. Um, but KJ and Patrick, I'll go to you first. What do you think? You can give a little bit on what you think could happen in the finale uh, in two days. But what do you think will be the story heading into next season? Um, I, I personally like your theory of this, you know, like the Mandalorian civil war kind of thing going on. Um, and I, and I really think that, you know, the Bo-Katan character is going to play a really pivotal role in the upcoming series. And as far as, you know, like him going, yeah, yeah. I, I love you. Like, yeah, here, take the saber, you know, <laughs> that's yours. Right. But, um, but I, I also, I love, I love the inner strife that he's already dealing with, with, uh, you know, like going, wow, there's more Mandalorians and what I'm not. Everyone's like me. And, you know, like his, his, um, you know, his ability to take off, take off his helmet when he, you know, when he's, you know, in the, uh, in the mess hall and everything in the last episode and just, and like, didn't even hesitate, you know, and, you know, Bill Burr's character was just like, yeah, all right, I'm the one that's going to start shit, you know? So, um, I, I think, I think the inner strife battle is going to be more important than the civil war aspect of it, because I think with Grogu being there, I think the dynamic is going to be more family oriented for, you know, he's, he's going to look, he already does look at him more as like a father. I know I'm rambling about this. I'm all over the place and I apologize, but um you know like you know like that parental aspect that he has towards grogu now is going to be you know exemplified in the fact that maybe he you know maybe not being a mandalorian raises him as a mandalorian and who knows maybe grogu is the one that's like you know what i got this yeah i mean i there's there's so much that this show can do, and we know that it's branching off. It, it, it's crazy to think about, but I'm going to go to you, Will. I'm going to throw this out here, all right? I'm going to throw this out, and I know AJ might be on my same wavelength here. I'm going to throw this out. I'm going to say, knowing how epic this show has been in its first two seasons, we're due a swerve, and I think our swerve is going to be that um, when we think Mando has Moff Gideon, he's going to kill Moff Gideon. We finally get the end of this guy. I think Boba Fett's going to turn on him. I think Boba's going to turn on him. I think Boba's true allegiance is ultimately to himself, but it's also to keep himself alive. And I think that he understands with or without an emperor, an empire still exists. 
Um, and the best way to stay alive is to stay on their good side. So if Thrawn is still out there, um, we obviously see what Moff Gideon is doing with with his allegiance, uh, with his legions. I think Boba is due to swerve us completely, um, mainly because it just like if you watch Star Wars or Clone Wars, Boba was always um, I'm trying to think of the right word here. He was always. I can't think of the exact word I'm trying to think of, but he was, he had a moral compass. Um, like even when we saw him trying to kill Mace Windu to avenge his father, he kept saying to the other assassins, like, I don't want to kill anybody else. I just want to kill the guy that killed my dad. So there is a bit of honor in him. But if you watch the show, you also know there's a large mean streak in that, in that man. Um, so I think we're due a swerve. And I think the swerve, is Boba turning on Mando. And I think the only reason they didn't announce that Boba is getting his own show is because there's something drastic that happens between Mando and Boba that they didn't want to spoil by greenlighting the show before the end of this season. Um, so I think I think there's a swerve coming. I feel it. I hope there isn't. Because <laughs> the idea of Mando and Boba being a team going forward really excites me but there's they're gonna there's, ruin my idea of mando bros the man yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh my god could you picture yeah. in a video game the super mando bros instead of Mario bros? <laughs> like stepbrothers but they're both mandalorian where they're oh, still in man, that'd be insane did we just become best friends that'd be so insane. <laughs> yeah so um, so are we the tabloids now is it broba fett now or it's i mean broba fett. okay broba fett, all right we yeah. gotta stop making disney money here we're gonna be shirts everywhere i I feel like the, the, this the, the swerve needs to happen because this story, it, it, it's not going to be interesting if they're just best friends and they're raising a little child together. Like, that's, you know, it's going to yeah. be like two men and a baby. That's not the, that's not the Mandalorian we That's already been done. Three. The, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's being rebooted. It's going to be re rebooted too, so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just. To, to me, I kind of feel like you brought him back. Like Dave Filoni is very calculated in what he does. Um, he brought yeah. back Maul and it literally led to a huge overarching uh, story of Darth Maul, um, mainly because we didn't get anything of Maul really in Phantom Menace besides like four flips and then cut in half. So it's like, you know, <laughs> it's really cool that you brought back and gave him a little bit more. Um, so I'm like, you don't bring back Boba Fett. You don't rescue a guy from a Sarlacc pit that usually anybody else would have died in. Um, to kind of just write him off as, oh, he just came back to help Mando, and then boom, that's it. Like, no, he has more to do. Um, so do you think? think do, do you think? Do you think the swerve is going to happen in the finale, or do you think it's going to happen later in the series? I think it'll happen in the finale. I think right when all of us are sitting there, like, yes, kill Moff Gideon. We're sick of him. I hate that mustache. Like, do it. Um, <laughs> out of nowhere, we'll see. How Bo dare you hate on that mustache? This is a show full of mustaches. Wait, let me be fair. I only hate the mustache because it's it's I can't grow one. So anyone with mustaches that, that are that good, it's like no, get rid of it. Um, but no, I, I really do think in a moment where we get that yes, finally, we see Boba strike. 
And then he makes it known that his allegiance is to whatever the remainder of the empire is because he wants to stay alive. He Because technically the empire, if it did still exist, I assume would be looking for him if they found out he was still alive. Um, he didn't part ways all that, all that well. Um, so I think it'd be a little bit of bad blood still out there a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, I do think that's the swerve. It's the only swerve we can get. I mean, unless they kill off Cara Dune, which I highly doubt. Uh, she's, she's gone over the uh, republics of... Uh, exactly, the, exactly. Yeah. So it's like, it's yeah. not many swerves this show could give us. And again, this isn't a murder mystery show that has the end in a swerve. I'm just saying, if you stay on par to the great writing that they've been giving us, uh, bless you, Patrick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you stay on... Um, the path of the, the great riding they've been giving us. I think we're due a major swerve like that. But, uh, Will, I'll go to you. What do you yeah. expect for this finale? And then what are you looking forward to in, in the next season? So as far as the, the finale, so whenever they got to Typhon in the sixth episode, so I was like, oh, well, there went my theory. I thought that was going to be the end, end, end of the uh, end. Of it. So at this point, I'm just, I'm honestly just writing the story out uh, because I uh, feel that some, you know, the way this this episode is passed, the penultimate ended. Uh, of course, we'll, we'll we'll get some type of cliffhanger, but at this juncture, I I'm I'm not going to. I don't have I don't have any big overarching theory as far as you know is a Jedi gonna come swoop in and, and save Grogu? I mean I could easily see I mean clearly um, you know, the 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 seeds have been set to u- utilize Grogu's metaclorins to, to to make snow. So I, you know I could easily see this season ending with a situation where we, we don't have resolution. Uh, so, I, so there, I, I did put something out there. I, we could, we may not have resolution as far as Raghu, Grogu getting returned to Mando. And, um, and as far as, you know, as far as any kind of swerve of, of Boba Fett, uh, it, it's, it's, I mean, I think you're, you're completely on point there. Uh, I think they're, they are going to keep him around. I don't think he, they're, they're going to turn this into a, a, a Boba Brothers or type of type of thing. <laughs> I think they'll, you know, I, I I think he will he will satisfy his debt to Mando and he will go off and do his thing. Uh, uh, yeah, and for for some kind of future, you know, maybe the swerve. Like you know, that's why that's why I asked the question. You think it's going to come this episode or or further down the line? And maybe it'll come. I think it'll come further down the line because I think where I am seeing the series going is they they really are sowing the seeds. For explaining how the first order came into being in the in the third in the third trilogy, so I think what we'll, what I think we'll see is more more of that coming forward with with Gideon with Snoke uh, possibly getting developed, you know, by seasons four or five if they go because I think the series realistically probably has five a five year window of of, of, of story to be able to tell. I would. I I don't think they should go much beyond that. Uh, and especially now that they have the two spinoffs where they can really, and I think Feige did note during the investor meeting, that, you know, they're planning on tying these two spinoffs together to, to make some an Avengers Star Wars. Uh, Wars. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 
I, so, I would say if if Dave Filoni and, and um, John Favreau are smart, get as close but as far away from uh, Force Awakens as possible. And I don't mean that like, oh, Force Awakens is such a tag. I mean it more so the reason why the Mandalorian works as well as it does is they picked a time in the galaxy that people that don't read the books have net like this is a time period we're foreign to. This yeah. is about AJ, correct me if I'm wrong, 10 to 15 years before Force Awakens. Um, so it's like there's still a large gap yeah. of time that you have to just play around in. So it's like, yeah. don't get too close to Force Awakens by mentioning Snoke, mentioning the Emperor. Well, yeah, I don't think they, yeah, and I don't think they'll, I don't think they'll name Snoke by name, but I mean, we, we, but you know, you don't drop, you don't drop the cloning facility and you don't drop Dr. Pershing talking about M counts without tying it back to what's to come. So you don't have to do it in, in The Mandalorian, and I, I think you're right. You don't need to do it in The Mandalorian as far as, it, at least at this juncture of the story. Maybe at the end, you start to, you know, that, that that's when you see the unveiling of Snoke and well, maybe I, tying it into the, the cloning facilities that are, uh, you know, that they, they utilize to, to, to bring back Palpatine and stuff. So I think they're, 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 they're using... The, the films and and also as you know as I noted in our podcast about how this show has gotten me back into Clone Wars and stuff and oh, and yeah. also wanted to Rebels, yeah. uh, so they're they're using all the bits of lore to to build the, the universe within the Mandalorian and now they have these other two sto- stories that they can continue to build that out. So what I think what I anticipate seeing in this finale is just carrying that forward and possibly not having a resolution or where we um, do have Mando or, you know, if, he, if we do, if he, he does get uh, baby Yoda back, then you know, th- there's going to be some price to pay. I don't think it's going to be a clean feel good kind of thing. Cause you know, we're, it, what we talked about was the great part of, of Empire Strikes Back is you, you, you have that, that dark, finale where yes you know luke is yeah he, you know, he finds out the truth and you know and and, and solo is with jabba and bubba fett on the way to tatooine and you know so if they follow that kind of story structure then then i think we may end with a a, a, a somber finale when, when it drops tomorrow and well, well I lo- to your, oh i'm sorry aj you can go yeah, so, and Will, to your point, I mean, like, didn't they do that in season one already? It's like, all right, they had the they had the nice, happy ending, and then they had Moff Gideon there, exactly. and then yeah. it's like, boom, Darksaber. So they've already done that. So yeah. Filoni and Favreau aren't going to just, like, keep beating a dead horse either. Yeah. But that's, that's why I said, to go with what you're saying, well, I could see Boba screwing over Mando um, and, and Moff Gideon barely hanging on to life him and Boba kind of go leave off with, with Grogu. And now you're kind of back to square one. You now don't have your own ship because you've been using, <laughs> you've yeah. been using Bobas. Um, yeah. So now it's kind of back to square one. And what's even worse is you're going to have to try to find them all over again. And I think what we could get in season three, if that's where they decide to go is a more ruthless Mando, a Mando that's thrown out everything he believes because it doesn't work. 
And it's now like, all right, I'm just like, remember that yeah. whole, the guy was like, oh, please don't kill me. And he's like, all right, I promise you, I wouldn't kill you, but I didn't promise you I would stop anyone else from doing it. Right. Like, I right. think yeah. we'll see a way darker Mando in season three if he doesn't have Grogu in his arms by the yeah. end of credits. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, I think that that was the, some of the, that was teased in, in The Believer this past week where, right. you know, with, you know, with the conversation that he and Mayfield had in the, in the transport, as far as the moral relativism and, you know, of course, Mayfield, whenever he was there with Hess and, and saw the, you know, really saw the empire for what it was whenever he was trying to bluff his way to help Mando out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and they talk about Operation Cinder, which was, you know, was, was critical, you know, first scorched earth when the emperor died. Um, and, and I think Mando's going to have that, now and maybe in the third season where you know he you know he took his helmet off to to you know eat and and, and you know tie him back into things that Bo-Katan talked with him about you know with with the splintering of the the uh, night owls and the um I can't remember Mando's uh group's name as far as their sect in the in the Mandalorian order but you know we, to your point we're seeing those elements of of Mando evolving, uh, not only um, as a character who is now, you know, is, is now a father and a father figure to Grogu, but also what he's willing to do to get this kid back. Right, AJ. What, what, what were you saying, AJ? Oh uh, yeah, going on off of that. Um, what I like about Mandalorian is doing right now. It's hinting at is hinting at like rebels and even. Um, a little bit of The Force Awakens. Um, well, I talked about Operation Cinder, where we get a lot of references from like Battlefront 2, um, just a lot of that stuff. Um, just to go way out there, I think all of them was going to die. I think Mando's going to die. I think Grogu's going to die. Um, <laughs> just, I think they're all going to die because everything, everything that's going forward now is going to be the result of the new order. It's the evolution of what's going to become um, within the Force Awakens, so, wait, Rise Skywalker. On. You think Mando is going to die? Yes, 100%. With him having a new season coming out next year? No, I'm not talking about season two he's going to die. I'm talking oh, about... Oh, 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 okay, I got you. Yeah. I was going to say, wait, what? <laughs> what would season three be about? Mando's ghost? All right, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, that was it. Oh, okay. I, for a second, I, I think I lost where you, where you were going. And I was like, whoa, 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 hold on. <laughs> Man, no, like not. season three or season four, I think after we get the evolution of the new empire or the new order, I think they will die to, to give us that evolution. But that's why I said, if you're smart, you take a season in season three to where it's not a focus on the new order or, or the empire. It's a focus more so purely on Mando and his story. And then season four, you can go back into that. Um, because if you kind of do it too quick, it also doesn't match up with the timeline between the time he's in and when Force Awakens starts. Um, if they start I- enacting some of these plans now, it's kind of like, well, wait a minute, hold on. Like, we got to also make sure we're piecing in when Kylo was born in, in-, in this. Yeah. That was the start oh. of the new First Order. Right. Okay, okay so... Yeah, I, I think, yeah, I mean, and I think that's the critical point because, I mean, you still have a new Republic and and I think what we'll probably see is 
in the latter seasons, the, the deterioration of the New Republic. But I don't think, but I, I, I agree with Juwan, I don't think we'll see the complete rise of the First Order. Yeah, so. Still too fresh. So for me, I think after season two, there will be a time skip. Because um, within, I think, yeah, the Mandalorian is set nine years um, after the Battle of Yavin. So it's a lo- little bit, um, what is it? Nine years before Force Awakens, right? It, I might be way off on that math, but there's not that much time really within Mandalorian and the Force Awakens. So I really do believe that there's going to, after this season, there's going to be like a four or five year time skip for season three. I, 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 I'm sorry. It's like the, the past two or three years. I'm, I'm a little done with time travel. Um, I mean, seeing Flash go back and forth through time on CW, seeing uh, Endgame just came out. Like, like I'm, time is, and then us getting Flashpoint soon. No, not time travel. I'm just talking about. No, no, no. I'm talking about any any evolution of you moving a, a time jump. I'm kind of now like, and remember, Rebels ended on a time jump. So I'm like, we can do this happen a few months later. Uh, <laughs> like, like you know, this this could be relatively within the confines of you know not. That well, if you if you want to keep it, um, keep Mandalorian season short, say like four or five seasons to stop it, they're gonna they're gonna have to have a time skip within. Well, I, I tell you this, I tell you this, that's a conversation, AJ. We can have depending on like you have to have at least three or four of these shows that you announce hit, like they have to hit, um, because this is. Remember, this has been fueling Disney Plus since it started. So this is what a lot of people know Disney Plus for. Obviously, until Marvel shows start to really get big. Um, This is what they know them for. So it's like if you if you end Mandalorian, you got to have something that's right there on par that people can kind of go, Okay, I'll just, you know, I'll I'll go to this. Um, so I don't think that's anytime soon. I think Mandalorian goes at least five. What are you talking? 20, 2021 is going to be big time for her. No, 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 no. I'm talking about, and again, remember, a lot of these shows just purely connect to the movies. Um, so it'll take a lot of people, you know, some time to kind of really realize like, oh, these are important for me to watch. Um, Mandalorian doesn't necessarily, like, you don't have to see something else to understand the Mandalorian. Um, there's a lot of people that might not have seen Marvel movies that need to see them before you ingest any of these shows. Um, so I, 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 the Mandalorian is their cash cow right now. I don't think anything coming out will be as big of a cash cow next year as the Mandalorian will be. Um, so like I said, I think the Mandalorian will go at least five seasons. We're heading into three. I could realistically see two more seasons before Pedro's like, Hey, you guys know, I do want to do other acting, right? Like, well, I think, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah that, that is, that is true. Yeah. Um, but, but with Dave Filoni and there's, they're going to be working on a lot of stuff. Oh, so. I agree. Oh, I, I completely agree. Um, all right. So I want to talk two more things before I let you guys get out of here. I don't want to keep us too long. Um, all right, Dakota, I want to start with you, man. Um, I heard this a lot because I heard a lot of people talking about this. A lot of people saying Kathleen Kennedy did not mention Ryan Johnson's supposed project that he was supposed to be working on, his new trilogy. Um, and a lot of people said it's because, you know, he soured a lot of grapes within the fan base. 
I personally just believe Ryan Johnson's maybe a little too busy right now to focus on that. Um, but Dakota, my question to you is, um, do you think the fan base is open and willing enough to accept a Ryan Johnson Star Wars project? Or do you think it's still too close to the the bad press around The Last Jedi? That's hard. That's a hard question to answer. I, uh, I don't know. Part of me thinks people will accept anything that has Star Wars's name on it because, I mean, that's it's the society we live in today. It's uh, you you take a huge name, uh, and I mean you take a huge name like Star Wars and you slap this director who maybe didn't strike gold the first time. Uh, you know who's to say it's not a great trilogy? Uh, I know I'll probably see it. If it if it's true, you know, uh, I don't know. If they're keeping it hush hush, there's probably a reason for it. There's probably some big to do. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I think I think uh, I think people will see it. Yeah, I, to me, look, I always say this. Like, let's say, um, let's say. Um, trying to think of a good example here. Um, let's say you didn't like BVS. I don't think that should take away from the fact that Zack Snyder did give us Man of Steel, Three Hundred, and Watchmen, right? So I look at I look at Ryan Johnson and I go, the guy that gave me Looper is not the guy that I'm going to quit on because he didn't do the Last Jedi the way I wanted him to. Um, so to me, I don't think Ryan Johnson ruined anything Star Wars. Here's the biggest thing Ryan Johnson's going to have to understand if they, he is in, indeed still doing this trilogy. You're going to have to understand the Star Wars fan base is of like nothing you've ever seen before, meaning they have expectations. And if you're willing to say F you to those expectations, you have to understand it will not go well with them. It just, it, it won't. You thought the Snyder Cut fans were crazy? That, that The Last Jedi people were like, Woof, that was a dark time. Um, I would argue, I would like to argue. Go ahead. Um, to be fair, um, Ryan Johnson did come off of JJ Abrams Force Awakens, and you actually talked about this a little bit. Ryan Johnson is not really good at continuing other people's projects. Um, I agree. I think he's an original content creator, which yeah, is a that, bad thing. It's the same problem Michael Bay suffers from. Yeah, he's that's why like, that's why I think like the trilogy. Him. Yeah, no, but he, Michael Bay and Ryan Johnson are guys that will tell you, no, you guys grew up on this. Well, don't expect what you grew up on. Expect what I want to give you. And it's like, that's not how this works, my, my, you know, my brother. That's not how any of this goes down. We have expectations for projects that came from our childhood. Um, you know, you look at where Ryan, uh, where J.J. Abrams ended Force Awakens. And then the biggest slap in the face Ryan Johnson gave fans, and, and I will admit this as someone who did not hate The Last Jedi, when Ray put her hand to the glass, right, and you see like 80 versions of Ray, everyone in my theater was like, we're finally going to find out, like, is, is it Kenobi's granddaughter? Like, everyone was like, you heard like whispers. And then when Kylo said later on, you're nobody. You came from nobody. You're nothing. Everyone was just like, Oh, he's just saying that to mess around with it. And it was like, no, no, you're really no one. You're nothing. It was like, what was the whole point of the whole thing in The Force Awakens of like, who's the girl? Who is she? Oh, is that the girl? Like, you were building it up for her to be something. And I can almost guarantee you guys, 
J.J. Abrams' original concept probably was not for her to be Darth Sidious's granddaughter. Um, I can almost guarantee that's not where he was going with that. Um, the fact that when she was at the palace with Maz Kanata, the fact that the lightsaber spoke to her kind of let you know that whatever her lineage was, it was from the light side, not the dark side. Um, so, but again, you know, if you're Ryan Johnson, we expect you to stick to something. Um, and I think he just kind of was of the mindset of, no, screw you guys. I'm going to make the story that I want to make. Well, and if I could chime in too, I, I think uh, we talked about it on uh, on my podcast too, which was um, like, if you give Ryan Johnson a limited space to work in. So like, hypothetically, we talked about him uh, potentially directing an episode of The Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. So if you have Favreau and Filoni being right there saying, all right, here is where the episode has, here's where it came from. Here is the, this is the hard end point. And you have this much space to work for, but you have to end it this way. Then I think he could excel better. Now, as far as a trilogy goes, yes. If he was, if, you know, if he could create an original, you know, original story within the Star Wars universe. Yes, I think he could do well, but I think he could only do well if he were able to develop or create like very minuscule characters and just like make them, you know, like make it more of like a grandiose. It's like, oh, wow, look at these people and I'm going to tell their story and I'm going to make it my own. But as far as the way, like what has been established in the Star Wars universe and what Disney has announced, I don't think, I don't think Ryan Johnson can really do much without getting, you know, without being like under a, a severe, not even a micro, like a macroscope because of what happened with The Last Jedi. See, I think I'm on the opposite end of that. Um, example, Knives Out was probably one of the most original movies out there. It was amazing, um, yes. Yeah, so with so him having his own trilogy, I think without being so constricted within what J.J. Abrams did previous with like The Force Awakens and so on, Last Jedi and so on. Um, I think that Ryan Johnson will be able to create um, something that's new and fresh within the Star Wars franchise. Like I've always been saying, we got to forget about George Lucas. We need to start developing ways to make Star Wars stories more interesting in a way that people will still love it it still has that Star that Wars. The best way to do that is to take half of what they said isn't canon and make it canon. That that'd yeah. be a great start. Yeah. Most like, most of those non-canon stories Star are not from George Lucas, so yeah. Right. To get Star Killer would be insane. People would go bananas if we can get Star Killer. Um and it's a story that's great in that it 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 also fills in a time gap that we don't really have much of. Um, but Will, be, before you have to go, man, I, I want you to give your thoughts on, on Ryan Johnson before you sign off. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously Ryan is very polarizing. And of course, the um, uh, he and JJ definitely had the you know, divergent stories as far as what they what they see Star Wars as and, and how they wanted to present that. And of course, JJ had the 
go back and retcon some things in um, Rise of uh, Rise of Skywalker. But I, I think right as far as moving forward, I, you know, I, one of the things that the Disney investor meeting really was driving on was how big they were really focusing on the streaming services with Disney Plus and also with Hulu and Star and some of these other things. So, you know, it, overall, it was very light, quite frankly, on the feature film front, uh, as a big, you know, as far as the at least two of the tent poles with the Avengers, with the, the MCU and, and 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 Star Wars. I mean, of course, we you know we we just basically learned more about established projects on the on the Marvel side, for example. They didn't you know announce any more new movies. It's like okay, here are the things that we are focusing on. And so and on the Star Wars side, basically they just you know again confirmed Taika Waititi was doing his feature film. And by and the way, course, really quickly, Will, yeah. did, did anybody else catch the uh, the artwork for what his story for supposedly what his story is going to be? I, you know, I saw it briefly and I hadn't thought about it since uh, last Thursday because uh, cause I know yeah. they had that whenever I was wa- I was watching a, a real time. And, and of course, they had that for whatever licensing or, or rules they, they had, of course. There are some things that the investors got to see that the rest of us didn't because they right. because of the weird tech issues that were going on or whatever. It was um, it yeah. was this huge crystal. It, it's a story, and I can't remember the story. Uh, Dakota and AJ are gonna have to help me, but it's a story where these beings would take force sensitive beings and put them in this in this uh this like ship, and it would take them to this planet because the whole purpose was to balance the force it was to be you know the good and the bad and the problem was they started getting too many people that were unbalancing the force and they would ship them off so like picture you had a wife and you loved her but someone came to you and was like bro she's unbalancing the force she's gotta go and then they like ship her off that's that's the story it looks like he's doing and it it made me a little emotional i'm sorry not to cut you off but i really wanted him to do a bad bane story yeah, uh, yeah. If anyone could do Cad Bane justice, it's Taika Waititi. Yeah. Um, and it's the one character that needs more that mm-hmm. didn't, you know, he got a lot in Clone Wars, but not nearly as much. Like a lot of people don't know he had a lot of run-ins with Darth Maul. Like Cad mm-hmm. Bane's been around that long. Um, Don't spoil too much. I haven't watched all the Clone Wars, so. <laughs> oh, oh, no, 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 no. There's nothing else to really spoil. There's nothing else okay, to spoil. Okay. Um, yeah. I'm just saying he uh, he's been around for a long time, so there's a lot of story of Cad Bane cool. Uh, cool. that that we could get. But uh, I'm sorry, we'll go, go ahead. And yeah, yeah, but yeah, but the, to, you know, and then of course, you know, to my to, just to finish out the point about the feature films, uh, you know, then we have Hattie's uh, Rogue Squadron, which I think you know probably you know will be most likely, hopefully, will be you know, wedge wedge story and, and using some of that source material from 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 that because I think that would be so dope to see that. So that being said, I, you know, to the bigger point of getting back to Ryan, I think, you know, given that the focus in the investors was really focusing more on the streaming side, it didn't, I, I wasn't surprised, quite frankly, that they didn't say anything about his, his trilogy uh, because I think right now the way the, the, the the way the industry is moving and the way Disney, what Disney's been doing as far as their restructuring lately is really to focus their energies on the streaming 
side. And even I even saw today on the wrap where they're even anticipating if you know still things are still nasty in 2021, which they will be. I mean, COVID, even though we got the vaccine, you know, COVID's not going to be going and going away anytime soon. And they're already starting to, you know, according to the wrap at least, uh, renegotiate some of the contracts with their talent so that if they had to go to uh, streaming. Uh, they will be adequately compensated and not run into the cluster uh, that uh, Warner Brothers did with with their creatives. So, so you know, so I, I I think that is a long way of saying I'm not surprised that Ryan's story was was not uh, announced last week. Buried. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. It, it, it's funny if they didn't mention any movies, I would 100% agree with you. But Patty's is a movie. Uh, yeah. Taika's is a movie, so it's like. But yeah, but Taika's was already. I mean, it was already out there in the domain, and they. I think maybe at Star Wars Celebration, no, maybe. No, no, don't don't press that, please. Um, wasn't uh, wasn't a celebration they that they had announced? Uh, you know what? Well, we also knew we had the 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 uh, team. The Game of Thrones team was also out there in the domain, so you know it's not like. Yeah, they're out of it though. They, I know uh, they're out of it, but yeah, my, point is, my point is. My point is them announcing two films, but not talking about another trilogy. Um, and quite frankly, probably smartly not talking about another trilogy because, you know, folks are still so polarized over, over the previous one that let's just, let's just go, you know, Taika, let's talk about, you know, we'll talk about Taika because everybody, you know, he's, he had one of the best episodes of the Mandalorian that he directed. And then of course, Patty, obviously, you know, she's, it's Patty Jenkins. So, so I think they were smart. And, and not bringing up any other creator if, if they are ha if they do have something out there with ryan it was very it was very strategic not to to raise it at this point because folks are still so polarized you know three years after return of the uh, the last guy the last jedi and just one year after rise of skywalker that's fair before we let you go will definitely yeah. give us a um let it let everyone know where they can find you yeah, you can find me and my partner, Sarah Belmont, on our Scene and Nerd podcast. It's a weekly podcast. I've got the um, hashtag right there for Twitter where you can find us. Uh, we're also on Instagram and, and Facebook as well. So uh, we, of course, have our upcoming uh, Mandalorian finale coming up next week. And also doing a special, uh, we're going to uh, record a, a, a watch-along episode of uh, our podcast for the original Wonder Woman film, uh, that will probably drop middle middle of next week uh, to, in anticipation of Wonder Woman eighty four coming out. So, thanks for thanks for having me on. It's always always a pleasure to, to talk with you guys and uh, and uh, you guys keep up the awesome content. And we'll keep we'll keep sharing all your great news stories and items. And um, yeah, thanks for having me on tonight. Absolutely, really quickly before you go, Will, as yeah. we were doing this podcast. It was just reported from somebody that we trust over at Geek Vibes Nation. Marvel has been in contact with um, Kristen Ritter about returning for Jessica Jones. Ooh, yeah, nice. So uh, nice. I want to Marvel for that to you. Yeah, yeah, that's of, of the Marvel Netflix shows. That uh, I, I know everybody loves Daredevil, but Jessica Jones season one is is the one for all me. time. Yeah, that's yeah. all time classic. It, to me, it yeah. fights it fights with Daredevil season two. Yeah. Of, of the best storytelling of, of those characters. But I just wanted to let you know that before I let you go. Awesome. Thanks for the news tip. I'll make sure to, I'll be sure to pass it on. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, appreciate you, Will. Yeah, appreciate um, you guys. Take care.
Take care. Uh, AJ Dakota. Um, okay, we're getting Patrick back. I thought we lost Patrick. Um, all right, so the last thing I want to talk to you guys about is us just picking one thing from the Disney shareholders uh, meeting uh, of announcements that stood out to us. Um, Acolytes was, was it for me. Um, purely the idea. And actually, uh, what I meant to tell you guys was I'm actually hearing it could be a female-led series. Um, now, I just hope when they say that they don't mean Night Sisters. Um, I, I, I want Sith. I, I, male, female, alien, dog, cat, could care less. It just needs well, to they, be. Well, they did specify it was going to be Sith-related. Right, right. No, no, no. They specified it'd be Sith-related. But remember, technically, Asajj Ventress was Sith. I'm not saying it'll be about Asajj Ventress. I'm just saying a Night Sister does not cancel it, it being Sith. Um, I just, I'm not really that interested in the Night Sisters outside of Asajj Ventress. Um, Mother Talzin is. Uh, but Asajj wasn't. Asajj was Sith, but the Night Sisters aren't Sith. No, 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 no. Hear what I'm saying, AJ. I'm saying they're saying it could be about a Night Sister that. Okay, I got you. Yeah, yeah. Not, not the whole thing about the Night okay. Sisters. Um, but to me, you guys know I've been waiting way too long in my life for Malgus. I've been waiting way too long in my life for for Revan, for Bane. For all these amazing Plagueis, for all these amazing Sith characters that you now have the room and space to do. Don't waste it. Don't please just this High Republic. There's not much information about it. So there's not much expectation. We just know the timelines that you can play around with. Um, just don't waste this opportunity. Please give us somebody big um for this series um that that's all i ask just someone big someone that i can look at and go oh, i know who that is not an all new character that that's all i asked for so the acolyte was what stood out to me the most because of what it could be um but patrick i'll go to you what of the announcements stood out to you the most for uh for star wars uh i'll i'll be honest with you man though obviously the the ahsoka the the ahsoka show like the series is going to be awesome and it 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 went back uh i I was actually sorry my my connection dropped out but um i was gonna ask will too like we were you know we were talking earlier with you know like with the movies and everything else going on it's it's like all right cool i i like personally like the fact that that disney with you know with filoni and favreau at at the helm, you know, theoretically at the helm that the star Wars franchise is in good hands. So in that, in that sense, I would rather, I would rather prefer a series on Disney plus as opposed to the, you know, like two, two and a half, three hour movie because you're getting a, you're essentially getting an eight to ten hour movie at that point. They're just spread out ten weeks at a time. So at that being said, Ahsoka and KJ would agree with me. Like those are the two that we are absolutely the most stoked about. Um, but my interest is speaked the most with the Rangers of the New Republic. Because between that, Ahsoka and Mandalorian, with them trying to potentially do, you know, like making that crossover event arc, that's what I'm most excited about. 
because as KJ said in her podcast, and I've said on my podcast as well, with the new regime of Star Wars and the showrunners and everything else, it has taken a very long time. And granted, I'm very old, comparatively speaking, no offense, guys. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, having literally grown up for 40 plus years of my life, watching what has happened between the Mandalorian and Rogue One is, you know, as well is where it started. But, but especially the Mandalorian, when Favreau took over, you felt you watch it and especially the Ahsoka episode. That was the first time KJ and I both were like, we're home. It's star Wars again. And that, that is the most exciting part. Yeah. I will always say star Wars to me, I put in the same conversation as Marvel, DC, King Kong, Godzilla there, they could be event based. So for example, um, you're doing something like Acolyte, right? I don't mm-hmm. mind that being a series. I really don't, especially seeing uh, that Disney is willing to shell out money to make it look really good. Um, right. I, I don't mind. But if, and I mean when, they end up <laughs> the rates of the old Republic, don't yes. come, like, I don't want to hear Kathleen Kennedy mention Knights of the Old Republic and series in the same conversation. That's a movie, Kathleen. That's an Avengers style movie that only can be showcased in the course of a big featurette film. Yeah, uh, you know, I don't I don't necessarily know that I agree with that because I think Knights of the Old Republic, there is so much history mm-hmm. with that. I would, I personally would prefer it being, you know, I mean, like, hell, let's go old school, like network television and do a 23 episode, you know, season of that. Now, you wait, know, let me say this. My problem with that is you give any, and I mean, any platform more than, let's say, six episodes, you get mm-hmm. filler. I mean, hell, Mandalorian has eight episodes and its second episode of this season was a filler. But the day that's why. So that's why you got to do it at a Game of Thrones style where you have those many seasons and it's still the same quality as a film. Now, like what? Yes. Go, go on. No, 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 go ahead. Like it, it was, um, KJ was saying, um, Nice of the Old Republic is more than one specific time and place. It spans over a millennia of the Star Wars lore. Um, three, three movies is not enough. Um, maybe. Um, they could do it basically like the MCU style where, where we have more than like 20, 20 movies. Maybe they can do that. I will be fine with that this. as well. I'm going to tell you this right now. Getting Darth Malgus is something I do not and will not accept watching on my television. I, the television could be the size of a house. Um, <laughs> I, I don't want to see that on my television. Now, where we can find a happy medium in what all three of us are saying is just make it to where there's stories within the story of Knights of the Old Republic that 100% could be brought within a series. Um, you could give from the, the mindset of just the regular people who aren't Jedi or Sith that are trying to survive in this wartime. That could be a series that connects to the movies that are just about the wartime. So I'm like, you can find a happy medium. It's For example, it's how we're getting 
Falcon and Winter Soldier. We're getting Miss Marvel. We're getting all that that culminates into an Avengers level movie when they all come together. But I don't want to see Jedi versus Sith on a small screen. That that's a big screen kind of feel. But so I guess my question then is like as we were talking about earlier, you know, like when it came to the three trilogies, you know, like you know, you had you had the original trilogy, you know, and then you know, then the prequels and then the most recent trilogy. You like going back has has i dare i say like kind of tarnished the storytelling a bit so i mean like would you run the risk of all right so we know the end result so like say if nothing else happened except for the rise of skywalker that's it boom no other star wars was ever made okay so you go with that and then you take it all the way back to the Knights of the Old Republic. And then you try to do an MCU style, like you said, you know, like, you know, like the Knights of the Old Republic are the Avengers movies, you know, be it one, two, three, or four Avengers movies, you know, you know, as it were. So like you said, with the series, then you have filler episodes. Well, would those subsequent movies be quote unquote filler movies leading up to the Knights of the Old Republic at that point. No. Okay. So ultimately this is how I would do the Knights of the Old Republic. I would do the story. My first movie would be about establishing how peaceful the time has, has come obviously since it's been forever since there's been Sith. Right. And then you get right smack dab. You get just like that. uh, If you watch the cutscenes for the game, the, the, uh, the infamous cutscenes. Where all of a sudden you kind of just see, oh my God, out of nowhere, the Sith have returned. And it's an yeah. all-out war. And then the second movie, I would spend a little of that movie reminding people of the history of the Sith, why they went away, what happened. And then the third movie is an all-out war between the Jedi and the Sith. And what I'm saying the show could be is all the in-between that. The in-between all of that. Um, so the MCU, basically. Right. No, exa- that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly the MCU. It's the in-between of the story you're trying to tell. So for awesome. example, Patrick, what I'm saying is whenever you watch a Marvel movie or uh, a Star Wars movie, there's a lot of story that isn't told because you just don't have the time to do it, right? So you start to trim the fat on what you mm-hmm. think you do or you don't need. And I'm saying Knights of the Old Republic is a large timeline yeah. that you won't get to that a show could be the trim that you fat. I mean, the, the fat that you trim. Sorry, I don't know how I just said that. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it could be all the stories and all the little intricacies that you want to tell that you obviously don't want to fit in the movie. So I'm saying it could be the best of both worlds. Um, yeah. But it's very much like, for example, do you really want to experience King Kong versus Godzilla on your TV? Yes. Like, no. <laughs> nice. <laughs> If 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 COVID did, like, no, I won't even say if COVID didn't exist. If King Kong versus Godzilla came out a year ago, would mm-hmm. you want to see it in theaters or would you want to watch it at home? I mean, I love I, I love going to the theaters. Any movie that comes out, I would rather watch it in theaters. Doesn't matter how big or small it is. So my point is, that's how I feel about Knights of the Old Republic. I think you're doing a disservice if it's if it's series based. Um, see, it, and it, I, uh, I guess that's. 
I guess that's a disconnect because I would say, so personally, I don't have a problem like what HBO Max is doing with Warner Brothers and everything and releasing all the, all the movies on the platform. I, I personally don't have a problem with that. Um, in the sense that if, if I want to see it bad enough, I'll pay for it. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I, and I get it. there, there is a certain, there's a certain level of like the exposure and, you know, being with like-minded people and experiencing the emotions and the, the highs and lows together. Don't get me wrong, but I feel like you get more substance like throughout throughout the course of a series and being able to properly like expand on the the plot lines and storylines that need to be told with you know to further progress you know to the end i would agree i would agree to that but we have movies and trilogies that expand more so than just trilogies and quadrilogies right. and stuff like that so you'll still get yeah. that same amount of substance but it'll just take a lot longer to get to, to right. get to that point right, right. Well, okay i'll say this to your point patrick if let's say and again this movie is probably five years away so this isn't even like something that's been announced oh yeah still a pipe dream Right. Um, let's, say, yeah. let's say it's something that was coming out next year and Disney said, you know what, we'll release it in theaters and at home. I don't have a problem with that. Right. I'm just saying don't only put it out as a show that I now have to consume it that way. Like I, right. I'm I'm very big on the CWDC shows, right? Oh I'm, yeah. I, I know what filler is. I have no oh, God, yeah. I have no interest <laughs> in it. Um, so I'm like, I, I, I don't want that from these bigger shows. And I'm like, the Mandalorian should have been seven episodes this season. That episode on the planet with the spiders, it, it did nothing for nothing. Like it, exactly. if, if someone said, I missed that episode, everyone in the world, would love <laughs> you miss nothing. Like that's no problem. Right. Like you don't have to go back and, and watch that. I, <laughs> I would, I, would, I for me, if we do get a nice old Republic series, I don't want it at, um, at the same quality as the Mandalorian. I would um, agree. I would agree. I need it. I need. I needed the same quality as Game of Thrones. Um, it actually should look a lot like Game of Thrones, also. Like a it, lot of it's it the be, it's the practicality of Game of Thrones exactly, that I love more than the Mandalorian. It needs yeah. to be shot in more like the epic style. Yes. Form. Yes, exactly. yes. Yes. Exactly. I yeah. want castles. I want. I want large throne rooms. Like I want all of that. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, me- and maybe you can explore Exegol a lot more. Oh, God, yes. God, that would be beautiful. Oh, yes. But when you talk about shows, a character that needs his own show that I think they should dabble in, um, you know, once they kind of resolve the story with, with whatever they're going with Ahsoka, Thrawn is someone that doesn't need a movie. I'm okay if that's a show. If you're showing right. the history of Thrawn, you're showing Thrawn young, growing up, um, you know, learning his fighting styles and everything. Becoming the that. part of the myth. Right. I'd love that. That's not a problem. But yeah, right. Thrawn isn't something I need as a movie. Ahsoka isn't something I need as a movie. Even the Kenobi show. I don't need that as a movie. I've gotten oh, no. a lot of Kenobi in the movies. I'm okay with it now being eight episodes. But the Knights of the Old Republic, like AJ said, it needs to feel bigger than Game of Thrones. And that's a lot. Because Game of Thrones was huge. It needs right. to feel bigger than that. Um, because that's the level of, of what it was. Because essentially, 
people see Star Wars to see the lightsaber battles, right? Ultimately, right. we've not gotten the ultimate form of that outside of maybe uh, Revenge of the Sith. Knights uh, of the Old Republic. What else? Would I would you- say Rise of Skywalker, the um, Kylo Ren versus uh, oh my God, Ray. Okay, uh, let me tell you what my issue with that was, uh, AJ, and I'm not going to stay here long so we can get out of here. My, my issue with that was I'm not a fan of taking someone that knows what they're doing and someone that doesn't know what they're doing and trying to give me a lightsaber battle um, because Ray, even even angry Ray, still kind of swung the lightsaber like someone that doesn't know how to use it. Um, and, and that's what kind of upset me when you kind of see Leia like, I'm going to die right now and throw Kylo off. And it was like, well, no, that's the only reason she got the, <laughs> the upper hand. It's because Kylo just experienced his mom dying. So I'm like, I, right. I wasn't a fan of that. I prefer a guy that has been using the lightsaber for generations versus another person that's been using it for generations. You get better battles that way. It's why Clone Wars, the animated series, is filled with nothing but great lightsaber battles because you don't have Dooku at 13 years old, you know, fighting Obi-Wan at 10 years. No, you get experience versus experience. That would be amazing. That would be <laughs> yeah, <fun>. would. <laughs> experience versus experience. And to me, that's the best way to have a lightsaber battle is when two people know what they're doing and you're seeing the best of the Jedi versus the best of the Sith. Well, I, w- I will argue that the experience makes it more, the inexperience, sorry, will make it more interesting because you'll you'll see them have moments where where they get the upper hand and then other moments where you just see them get ultimately demolished i, I just, like i like the experience that that turns into that you can be experienced and someone still gets the upper hand um yeah, yeah exactly but, yeah that's what i'm saying but, you know, like in the recent three movies like that well i should say uh with last jedi and especially rise of skywalker mm-hmm. i think they i think that they did a, a well enough job to where they blended a lot more than just the basic, you know, like, you know, fencing duel with swords like the original trilogy had, but they had, they had an, enough action to where, I mean, obviously it wasn't the, the beautiful, you know, ballet that was the lightsaber battles in the, the prequels, but they did enough to be like, you know what, this is a believable lightsaber battle. See, that's why that's why I like the newer trilogy better than the prequels because in the prequels, even though they were beautiful, I will say that you can tell that they're like very, very choreographed, and you can just tell that it's it's a one-two, a one-two step. But with um the the newer trilogy, it it is more believable and it feels more, it, it, yeah, it feels more organic than any yeah. other. Yeah. It's more raw and yeah, right. Because you're supposed to be showing that she doesn't know what she's doing, so it's mm-hmm. it's more believable because she she's just swinging it like a bat mm-hmm. instead of actually trying to. But that's why, and I don't want to spoil this, Patrick. You saw Rebels, right? The entirety of Rebels. No, I have not. I'm I'm on I'm on the last few about half season of Clone Wars. I haven't started Rebels. Yet. Oh, you haven't? Then I, I won't even go into it. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I'm I'm a spoiler guy. I that doesn't bother me at all. Oh, okay. All right. Well, um, there's a battle. I won't. Here, here's what I'll do. Here's a compromise. I won't tell you how it is, <laughs> but there's a battle between Kenobi and Darth and, and Darth Maul, right? And what I loved about it was the original stance Kenobi took was the immature stance that he took 
in Phantom Menace. And then it was him realizing, I can't underestimate Maul. And you see him with the more reserved Mm -hmm. true Jedi stance to fight Maul. And I just love stuff like that. I love the the chess match before you swing your lightsaber. I just picture that in my head. I, I like literally just got goosebumps yeah. thinking about that. That, <laughs> that. that is awesome. I cannot wait to watch when that. You, when you See, get to that, you're going to lose it because it's I, so beautifully shot. Dude, I will was was straight girl on that. It, it was incredible. What I would have done differently is show what would happen in their minds and then go back to them and then do that one-two movement and then it's done. I would love to see that. It's Patrick, basically you're past, you're past the uh the the first battle of Mandalore, right? Where um where you see Darth Maul kind of assemble the the underworld. I'm r- actually I'm coming right at that. I'm right at that point. Okay, all right. So yeah, we we just got off the slave planet where he and his brother were. Oh, that, okay. Oh, yeah. So, so we're like right there. Okay, perfect. Then I won't go any further after you see that. We need to do another episode of this because when I tell you it's the best of both those characters, I think we'll ever see AJ will argue with me this last season of Clone Wars that came out this year is the best version of Maul. I honestly think this arc is the best Maul um, because you kind of see truly who he is um, right. and Rebels kind of gives you the the culmination of everything. Um, okay, but after you see he, it, so Rebels is more it. like the finished product of Maul. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's 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 the evolution of Maul. We legit saw it with the beginning of Phantom Menace. We saw it with the resurrection in Clone Wars. We saw it with the arc, um, and then Rebels is your culmination. Um, awesome. But after you see it, please don't forget to to hit me up so we can we can talk about that because dude, I'm I'm in whenever you need me, brother. I got you. So beautiful. Um, but that's that's all we got. Uh, did you guys want to add anything else? Uh, Star Wars Visions. Um, I'm a huge oh, anime guy, anime and guys. and it's gonna be Japanese animated. I'm super hyped for that. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I'm with you on that, AJ. Um, do you think it'll be Jedi Jedi based? Yes. Okay. It, it has it either has to be Jedi or Sith or even both. It has to be. I did say to myself, what would Naruto be like if it were in space? And I think that's what we're about to get. <laughs> we're about to get some of the best fight scenes in, in animated history. With I'm this. ready. You're blending two of the best things to be blended. Anime. As long as they're running head down with a lightsaber stuck straight behind them, I'm good. <laughs> you have to have that. You have to have that. Oh, God, yeah. Um. But yeah, outside of that, uh, you know, we'll, we'll do this episode next Wednesday where we can talk about what happened with the Mandalorian. Uh, Patrick, who knows? Maybe you get past that point in Clone Wars. We can talk about that. Um, and I want to do a what if episode. AJ, I know we did one before, um, but we you did it twice. You did twice? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know how much I love what ifs, AJ. I can't help it. Um, so maybe we won't do what else. We'll, 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 t- we'll put ourselves in a, uh, a star Wars group chat and we'll figure out what we want our topics to be. Um, but yeah, I'm telling you, Patrick, you're going to love rebels. I didn't love the animation style of their lightsabers, like how thin they looked. Um, but gotcha. story wise rebels is so beautiful. And honestly, it'll make Mandalorian make so much more sense. When okay. Yeah. 
and I and I'm very excited. I mean, it took me years and years and years. My nephew had been bugging me to watch Clone Wars, and it wasn't until last season when Mandalorian first came out we were like, okay. And and truth be told, we've only watched the essential arcs of Clone Wars, but nonetheless, the last season we've been watching every episode. Good. Yeah, and I'll tell you this. Remember the episode uh, with Bo-Katan? Yes. On The Mandalorian? Yes. That makes more sense when you see how Rebels ends. Good. That whole okay. episode makes way more sense. Right, AJ? When, when you see how Rebels ends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, dude. I'm, so, I'm super excited about this. It'll be the, like, you legit can see that Filoni was like, all right, Rebels is around the time of, of this. I'm going to blend the two of them. Um, Rebels, guys, Rebels is a, an ultimate ending for certain characters, but an ultimate continuation for others. For a lot of others. Awesome. For a lot of others. Hey, and can we all just agree on one thing here? Can Disney just please write Filoni and John Favreau a blank check and be like, do whatever you need to do? Well, I actually think that's what they're going to do because Kathleen Kennedy's contract is ending up really soon. Oh, thank no, God. no, 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 no. Let me say. I this. mean, what? Let me say this. Let me say this. <laughs> I love Kathleen Kennedy. I want them to keep her, just have her be more of a numbers cruncher and let Filoni handle the story arcs of where of where he wants Star Wars to go. Because I don't think I I don't think she's bad at what she does. Yeah, I think people forget Kathleen Kennedy found a way to make a solo uh, a Han uh, a Han story make a lot of money when it shouldn't. It should. I'm not saying it was it was good or bad. But it made yeah. a lot more money than it should. I loved it. Um, for a story that was taken <laughs> by two different people and then came out around the same time as Deadpool 2 and Spider-Man Far From Home. Uh, right. Homecoming, I'm sorry. It was Homecoming. Yeah, it Homecoming. Came out in between those two movies and still garnished the money that it did. She's uh, really good at her job. She just uh, doesn't know enough about Star Wars. To she be doesn't the have the creative side. Right. Yeah. She's not the one that you want leading the orchestra. She's more Also, like Kevin Feige is, is in there helping as well. We got news. Well, actually, he um they didn't talk about this, but I really think, and I'm calling it now. Remember, it was announced last year that Feige would be a producer on a mm-hmm. Star Wars film. I'm telling you right now, Kevin Feige He's helping a lot more. I'm telling you right now, Kevin Feige's going to be the producer for Knights of the Old Republic. I'm telling you this right now. Kevin Feige's not a guy you bring on to kind of shoe in a story that we already have heard of before or a movie that I- He's the kind of guy you bring on for a that totally big, makes sense. A big main event kind of feel. Yeah. And there's two things Kevin Feige will either do. He'll either be this uh the leader of what the new trilogy will be, or he'll be the guy that brings us Knights of the Old Republic. I can almost I, guarantee it. I'm gonna say Knights of the Old Republic because I think Filoni and Favreau's have have everything else locked oh, down. They have everything else down packed. Like Dave Filoni literally walked into Kathleen Kennedy's office and was like, Hey, do me a favor. Don't say anything else in public. I got it from here. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, don't, don't, don't say anything else. I, I, I got it. Right. Um, but this has been a great episode of Star Wars Saturday. Um, I enjoyed this. I, I love that we have so many Star Wars nerds here. Um, it lets me oh, know that yes. future episodes, we can totally geek out. And I cannot wait. Uh, Patrick, before you go, please, yes. please, please give you guys uh, a, a shout out on where we can find you guys. Of course, KJ, uh, she's got a she's got a TV thing she has to do tomorrow morning. So uh, obviously find her on the kind of nerdy girls, kind of nerdy girls.com. 
Uh, you can find my podcast. We are the spinoff. We are the uh, the we're going to call it the Frasier to her cheers in the kind of nerdy dudes podcast. <laughs> as long as we're not Joey to her friends, we're good. Uh, <laughs> and uh, you can always uh, find our group. Uh, Juan, you're, you're always amazing with us. You can find us on Facebook, the kind of nerdy network. And we love, love hanging out with geek vibes nation every single time we're here. Absolutely. And I will continue to promote you guys. You guys have amazing content. And actually, you guys just interviewed um, Moff Gideon himself not too long ago. Hey. Yep. John Carlo Esposito. Yeah, KJ, uh, she had a she had an interview. Uh, they talked about uh, him, you know, the with the Mandalorian uh, playing the Moff Gideon and his uh, his role in the boys as well. And yep. if you if you have not listened to that episode it is fantastic because Number one, he is one of few men in the world that I can say, like, you can read anything to me and I will be the happiest person yeah. in the world. He's just got that smooth delivery, right? 100%. But he broke down the aspect of the villain better than anybody else. They went in, they and, and it was a short interview, but they, there was so much covered. In a short interview, he was able to break down of, of the, the concept of, is the villain, does a villain really think he's the villain? And why does he think that? And I mean, like, it, it was so fantastic. I definitely urge you to, if nothing else, check that episode out. A hundred percent. Make sure you send that to me, Patrick, uh, on Instagram so I can repost that. Absolutely. Um, it was, it was indeed a really, really, really good interview. Huge, huge, huge props to you guys. Um, and make sure you guys are continuously following everything that we promote of them. Um, so you guys are kept up to speed on everything that's going on. And guys, till next time, peace. May the force be with you all.